One more time. How's everybody doing this morning? Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. God is good. Amen. Praise the Lord. A couple of quick announcements. Most of them's in the bulletin. If you guys get a bulletin, they'll be in there. Um, we got Tuesday night prayer group here on Tuesday nights. Praise the Lord. Got, got two claps over there. That's pretty good. <laughs> Thursday night, we got Celebrate Recovery. Yeah, it's doing really well. Praise the Lord. And then uh, yesterday, we had our um, food giveaway and our clothes giveaway, and we helped about, looks like, about eight, 18 families. So that's pretty good. That's not too bad. So praise the Lord. God is good. Um, the first Saturday, or the first uh, Sunday of the month, is going to be Brother White's Revelations class next month. And then uh, next week, Brother White will be speaking for us. Praise the Lord. So that's going to be a great service. Amen. 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 If you have your Bibles this morning, turn to uh, John 4 and 39. John 4 and 39. I have the New King James. Praise the Lord. This is what it says. And many of the Samaritans of the city believed in him because of the word of the woman who testified. And he told me all that I ever did. So when the Samaritans had come to him, they urged him to stay with them. And he stayed there two days. And many more believed because of his own word. Then they said to the woman, now we believe, not because of what you say, for we ourselves have heard him and know that this is indeed Christ, the Savior of the world. Praise the Lord. Father, I just come before you this morning, Father, and I ask for your touch, Father Lord, on this body, Father, that you would speak a word. Father, you have a personal word for our lives today, Father, that we don't have to go off of someone else's word, someone else's witness, Father, that you have a personal word for our lives. And Father, I pray that this word would speak to the lives of each and every one that's here. I bind every hindering spirit that would try to come against this word, and I just ask that your Holy Spirit would have his way in this church today. Father, And we give you the praise of Above all names, Father, we thank you and just thank you and give you the praise in Jesus' precious name. And everyone said, Amen. 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 Praise the Lord. So my thought this morning, guys, is getting your own word. Getting your own word. So do you have your own word this morning? Are you going off of someone else's witness, someone else's word, someone else's experience, someone else's testimony? Or do you have your own personal word that you know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior? Do you know him this morning? Or do you just have a church house introduction? Or do you know him as as the Lord and Savior that you know the sound of his voice because you've been in his word? You've been praying. You've been pushing back the plate. You've been seeking God. You've been asking God for a new revelation, a fresh word from his word for your life. Have you been in his word? guys? Or do you only know him from the songs that we sing when we come to church or from the stories we tell or someone else's testimony? And if that's true, then you need to get your own acquaintance. You need to get your own word. You need to learn to get in God's word and get a word for yourself that you don't have to go off of someone else's revelation or someone else's word. Get your own personal encounter with Jesus Christ where you know him and you know the sound of his voice when he speaks to you, praise the Lord. See, Paul says here in Philippians three and eight, what is more is I consider everything a loss. Because of their surpassing worth and knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whose sake I've lost all things and I consider them garbage that I may gain Christ, praise God. See, Paul's saying nothing in this world compares to knowing Christ. Nothing that I've done, nothing I've lost, none of it compares to knowing Jesus Christ. Because see, one day before Paul became Paul, he was Saul. And on the road to Damascus, he got slapped up on the face by the Holy Spirit, knocked off that horse, and he got a fresh revelation of who Jesus Christ was. He got a personal word of who Jesus Christ was. 
was, and it changed his life from that day forward. Paul was about knowing Christ, knowing him in the power of the Spirit. Have you got a personal word from the Lord today in your life, guys? It's changed the direction of your life. It's changed the direction of where you're heading. Have you got a personal word from the Lord today, guys? You need a personal word from the Lord. See, it's not the same as hearing someone else's word and getting your own personal word for your life. Where God reveals himself to you and the plans and the purpose that he has for your life. That when you're going through the storms and trials, you can take courage and know that everything's going to be okay. Because you serve a God that says, I'll be with you, I'll never leave you, and I'll never forsake you, praise the Lord. You get your own personal word, church. See, I can't go off my mom and dad's word. I can't go off my wife's word. And you can't go off my word. you got to get your own personal word, your own personal revelation of who Jesus Christ is for your life. you got to get into that word and let the word speak to you. It's a living word. And let you know that the plans that God has for you and his love that he has for you. See, the Bible says here in John 1.14, the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. That Jesus is the living word, praise God. And you got to get your own word, your own revelation of who Christ is for your life. That you know the sound of his voice when he speaks to you, praise the Lord. See, I can't go off of someone else's revelation who Jesus Christ is. I have to have my own personal revelation of who Jesus Christ is for my life, who he is to my life, what he's done for my life, and let his word begin to speak to me about the revelation and about the plans and purpose that he has for my life. I have to have my own understanding of his plans and purpose, my own word, my own relationship with him, praise God. And you've got to have your own uh, relationship, your own word from the Lord. See, your, your relationship doesn't do me any good. I have to have my own personal relationship with the Lord. you got to get in God's word and let it speak to you. Get a personal word. See, someone can explain to you what a hot fudge Sunday tastes like. But unless you experience it for yourself, it's just words. See, because there's a difference of, of, of knowing something and experiencing something. See, my wife would have never known how bad her cooking was until she made me experience it. And then I, and then I, could, I could tell you... It was bad. That was, that was one prayer we never missed in my, in my house was saying grace, you know. It was just like, because you never knew it was going to be your last meal or not. You know, Lord, if I shall die after I eat, I pray the Lord my soul to keep. You know, you just didn't know, you know. It was like, but praise the Lord, she's gotten a lot better now, and so we can actually have people over for dinner. I don't have to have 911 on the speed dial or a case of EpiPens, you know, to, to stick somebody when they turn green or whatever. She's gotten a lot better. And see, the Samaritans wouldn't have known that Jesus was the Christ if they hadn't experienced him for themselves. If they would have just gone off the word from the lady from the well, but they got to meet Jesus. They wanted to know. They had their own personal word from the Lord. It says here in John 4 and 42, that when they said to the woman, now we believe and not because of what you said, for we ourselves have heard him. And we know that this is indeed Christ, the savior of the world. See, they got their own personal word. And see, you need your own personal word, church. I can't go off my wife's word. I have to have my own word to get through the, the tough times and trials in my life. And see, I can pray for you and I can encourage you, but when you go out these doors and life meets you head on, you need your own personal word from the Lord Jesus Christ that he'll be with you, that he'll never leave you, that he'll never forsake you. You need to get in God's word, get your own personal word. See, they got their own word, their own revelation of who Jesus Christ was. And see, many people don't have their own word. They don't have their own revelation of who Christ is. They come to church because someone wants them to or a program makes them to or, or because of someone else's witness. They don't have their own word, their own witness. And see, a lot of times people will come to church and they'll put up, uh, they'll put up walls. You know, and they won't let people in. You know, and it's hard to get a word from the Lord when you come and you put up walls. 
You got to learn to tear down the walls in your life so God can speak to you. People have put up walls because of things they've seen and, and things they've heard. People claiming to have the love of Christ in their life and then not showing no love in their life. And so then when they decide to come to church, they put up walls because they don't, they don't know what to expect. And that's why on, on Sunday mornings here, when we ask people to get out and shake hands when we're playing music, get out of your seats and, and go shake someone's hand and hug their neck. That way, when they leave, they'll be, that's the friendliest church I've ever been to. Well, hunt them down, man. Shake their hands. Make them feel welcome. The Bible says it's the kindness of the Lord that leads people to repentance. So let's show the kindness of the Lord so we can reach out to the city and this community, praise God. Help me to tear down walls, not have walls built up, praise the Lord. See, the Samaritan woman, she tried to put up walls between her and Jesus. It says right here in John 4 and 7. <clears throat> when a Samaritan woman came to, the, uh, to draw water, Jesus said to her, will you give me a drink? And the Samaritan woman said to him, you're a Jew, and I'm a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? See, she was already putting up walls. Because, see, the Jews didn't have no uh, relationships with the, with the Samaritans. Because going all the way back, I think, to the Babylon, uh, Babylonian captivity. And, and then they worshipped on one mountain. The Jews worshipped in Jerusalem. I think the Samaritans only received the first five books of Moses. They didn't receive the judges or uh, the traditions of the Jews. And it was intermarrying. And it was, um, they, they would they give refuge to the Jews that like, escaped from uh, Jerusalem and different things. So it was a lot of stuff. So they had a lot of walls between them. Praise the Lord. And so... Jesus says to her, if you would have known that gift that's before you, who it is that's speaking to you, you could have asked and I would have given you living water. She's all, how are you going to get this living water? The well's deep and you got nothing to draw from. Are you, are you greater than our father Jacob who gave us this well and, and uh, drank from it himself and his kids and his livestock? And Jesus all, whoever drinks from this well will thirst again. But whoever drinks from the water I'll give him shall never thirst again. Matter of fact, the water I'll give him, it will spring up into them like a fountain into everlasting life. And she's all, will you give me this water? And uh, Jesus is all, well, go get your husband and come back. She's all, I don't have no husband. And Jesus is like, yeah, right. You had five husbands, and the one you're with now is not your husband. And she had like an oh, snap moment. This guy's going to read my mail. And so she, she changes the subject, and she's all like, we worship here on this mountain. Our fathers worship on this mountain. You Jews worship in Jerusalem. And Jesus is all, the time's coming where you neither worship on this mountain or in Jerusalem. Matter of fact, the time's coming. The time is now that true worshipers will worship the Lord in truth and spirit. For the Lord, uh, he's looking for such to worship him because he's spirit. And those that worship him got to worship him in truth and spirit. So she goes, I, I know when the Messiah comes that he'll tell us all things. In other words, he'll give us a word. And he, just, he, he tells her that the one you're talking to, I'm him. He gives her a word. So she goes back to the town and she tells the people, come see this man. It's told me everything I've done. Could he be the Messiah? So they come out and they begin to talk with Jesus and, and spend some time with him and get their own word. And he stays there with him for two days, and, and he speaks with him, and they get a word. And see, church, if you want a word for your life, you're going to have to spend some time with Jesus Christ. You're going to have to get in the word of God and get some revelation for your life. You can't go to Jesus' word and read one scripture for the week and expect to have some, some understanding of your life and how, how to navigate the things that you're going through in your life from reading one scripture a week, four scriptures a month. you got to get in God's word and spend some time and say, Lord, speak to me. Give me some revelation. Some some fresh manner for my life so I can have, have some direction, praise God. You got to get in God's word, see. You got to get in God's word. Tear down those walls. See, they spent time with Jesus to get that word. Here in Acts 8, it tells a story about a sorcerer named Simon. And this sorcerer, he did, he did lots of uh, signs, 
He thought he was all that in a bag of chips. And, uh, and so the people thought he was some great power of God because he, he did signs with sorcery. Well, at this time, there was a persecution going on in the church from Saul, persecuting the church. And so the, 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 the apostles stayed in Jerusalem, and the disciples kind of split up, the new believers, and they went into different places. And so this young evangelist named Philip, he goes to a town in Samaria. And the Lord begins to use him. He begins to, to preach and teach. People begin to get saved. They get baptized, and signs and wonders were following. People, the devil was being cast out of people. Um, People were being healed. And so Simon the sorcerer becomes a believer. He believes in the Lord. He gets baptized. And he starts to follow Philip around because he's amazed at all these signs and wonders. So the apostles hear that, that Samaria's received the word of the Lord. And so they send Peter and John down. And they begin to lay hands on people. And they begin to speak in tongues. And so he sees this and he wants to buy this, this, this power. And this is what it says here in Acts 8, 18. It says, when Simon saw that the spirit was given at the laying on of the apostles' hands, he offered them money. And said, give me also this ability so that everyone whom I lay my hands on may receive the Holy Spirit. And this lit Peter up. Peter got mad because Peter was about just doing things for the Lord. And he says, your money's going to perish with you because you thought you could buy the gifts of God, the word of God. You know, you need to repent. Your heart's not right. Just started ripping into him because he thought he could buy the gifts of God, the word of God. He wanted to buy it, guys, instead of spending time in a personal relationship and seeking God and getting a personal word from the Lord for his life and the gifts and talents that God had for his life. See, because you can't buy the anointing of God. You can't buy the word of God. You can't buy the power of God or relationship with God. That's not for sale, but you got to get it by getting on your knees, having a relationship, a personal relationship with Christ where you're saying, Lord, speak to me, speak manner into my life, a fresh word in my life for the plans and the purpose that you have for my life. Lord, give me a word it's not for sale see church you got to get it from spending time with the lord and it all starts from getting in his word and saying lord speak to me see it's a living word and it's speaking every day as you get into it matthew 8 and 16 says when evening came many who were demon possessed were brought to him talking about jesus and he drove out the spirits with a word and he healed all the sick see church i don't have the answers for your life but I know the one who does. See, Jesus has got a word for your life that can change your life. And just like the people that brought the sick and the afflicted to Jesus and the oppressed, and he spoke a word and he healed them. If we can just learn to get people to Jesus, if we can just learn to get to Jesus, Jesus has a word for deliverance. He has a word for healing. He has a word for hope. He has a word for freedom for your life. If you can just learn to get to Jesus. In Mark 4, Jesus, with the word, speaks peace to the, to the raging storm. Peace, be still. In Matthew 8, 32, he casts out these devils into a herd of swine with a word, go. And then with a the word, he heals a crippled man and forgives him of his sins. Your sins are forgiven. Take up your bed and walk with the word. See, if you want change in your life, guys, you just need a word from Jesus. And one word from the Lord will change the situation in your life. With one word, you can have peace from the storms in your life. With one word, he can break the chains that bind your life. With one word, you can find forgiveness and healings from the hurts in your life. With one word from the Lord. John 5 tells another story about a man that got a word that had an affliction. At the pool of Bethesda, there's a man. Well, first of all, it's in Jerusalem. And it has these five porches, and the crippled, the lame, the paralyzed, the sick, they were all laid out on these porches. It's crammed in there because at a certain time, an angel would come down and step in the water and begin to stir the water. 
And, and whoever got in after that stirring of the water was made whole of their disease or they're crippled uh, you know, or they're paralyzed. And so Jesus comes through. And he sees this man that's had this infirmity, uh, this affliction for 38 years of his life. And he says to him, do you want to be made whole? He's all, how can I? I, I have no one to help me in the water. And, and then when I get there, someone steps in front of me. And so Jesus gives him a word that will change his life. He says, rise, take up your bed and walk. And the Bible says the man immediately got up, he rose up and he took up his bed and he walked. See church, you just can't hear the word of God. You got to act on it when God speaks to you. And see, I don't know what you might be going through today. You might be going through some, through some things in your life. Maybe the devil's got you feel like you're, you're spiritually crippled and, and you're beat down and he's walking on you. But I want to say, turn to God's word and rise up and let God's word begin to build faith in you. The Bible says faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Don't lay there and be spiritually crippled and let the devil step on you and make you feel like nothing. God hasn't called you to be crippled, but he's called you to be whole. Let faith arise in your life. Let God's word speak to you and build you up in your life. He's called you to be more than conquerors in Christ Jesus. Let faith arise in your life. Let it rise up, praise God. Don't lay there. John 4 and 46 tells another story about another man that got a personal word from the Lord. He was a nobleman, and he had a son that was sick, and he was dying of of a fever. He was laying in bed. And so this man hears that Jesus is coming back through the town of Canaan of Galilee where he turned the water into wine. And so he leaves his son, and he goes in search of Jesus. And so when he meets Jesus, he's like, can you come to my house? My son's sick. My son's dying. Can you come and can you just touch him? You know, he, he, wanted, he wanted a touch from the Lord. He was pleading with Jesus, come touch my son. But Jesus gives him a different word. He says, unless you people see signs and wonders, you'll never believe. And a lot of that was because a lot of the Galileans wanted to see signs. They'd seen the water turn to wine. A lot of Jews wanted to see signs. And a lot of us want to see signs before we believe. But Jesus didn't give him a sign. He gave him a word. He said, go your way. Your son lives. And so the Bible says he believed the word of the Lord. Without seeing, he believed the word of the Lord. And he took off and started heading back to his house. Well, the next day, his servants meets him on the road. And they said, your son lives. And he's like, well, did this happen? They said, about 7 o'clock yesterday, the uh, the fever broke. See, he had to to believe without seeing, church. And sometimes you're going to have to believe without seeing. Maybe some of you are here today, and God's spoken a word in your heart about standing in the gap for someone that's sick in your family, someone that's out on the street, someone that's in drugs. If God has spoken a word to you, if the Holy Spirit has given you a word, stand on it, believe in it, don't lose faith, hold on to it. It will happen. It might not be today, it might not be tomorrow, it might not be next week, but if God has spoken a word, it will come to pass. Numbers 23 said that God is not man, that he should lie. So if God has spoken a word to you, you hold on to it. It will happen, it will come to pass, praise God. You got to trust in the Lord, believe in the Lord. My grandma was uh, had six kids, two girls and four boys. And some of them would bar hop and bar fight and, and just live like the devil, like people do when they're not saved. But the Lord told her if she'd be faithful and serve him, that he would save her household. And she, there was a time and season she had to believe without seeing. She had to stand upon the word of the Lord that was spoken to her. And eventually every one of those kids became preachers, pastors, evangelists, song leaders, worship leaders. And the last one I want to say was in his 60s before he came to the Lord. But the Lord honored the word that he spoke to my grandmother. And the Lord's spoken a word to you today about your marriage, about your finances, 
about a loved one that's out there that's maybe hooked on drugs or lost. If God has spoken a word to you, you can take it to the bank. It's going to happen. He will deliver them. He will set them free. He'll fix that marriage, whatever the problem is. If God has given you a word, trust in it. Hold on to it. Don't doubt. God is not man that he should lie. If he speaks a word, it's going to happen. Praise the Lord. See, the problem is sometimes, guys, is we get impatient. We think God's forgotten about us. Or he's moving too slow and the enemy will get you to try to doubt. Put doubt in your mind. You know, things aren't going to change. That person's never going to get off drugs. You're never going to find the right spouse to settle down and be married and start a family too. You know, you might as well give up and quit. The enemy wants to put doubt in your mind. wants you to lose faith in God's word. Because if he can put doubt in your, in your mind when, in one area of your life when it comes to God's word, then he can put doubt in every area of your life when it comes to God's word for your life. But you can't doubt. You've got to trust the Lord. You've got to trust in God. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians that we walk by faith and not by sight, praise the Lord. And you have to trust in God's word. See, even if the, world, the, the, the road you're on is cloudy and, and foggy, you've got to realize that God's word is our compass. It's a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. You've got to trust in God's word, praise the Lord. See, God's word has been and will always be the foundation for hearing his voice. And you've got to run every word that you hear through the filter of God's word. Because it's the standard which we judge all words by, praise the Lord. And see, too many people slack when it comes to reading God's word. It's because they've gotten lazy and they'd rather have someone else read God's word. It's easier to come to here on Sunday and have me read the word or someone else read the word instead of digging into the word for yourself. And see, if you don't get into God's word for yourself, you're going to get in trouble. Because people that don't read God's word, guys, can be deceived, can be misled, can be misguided by any voice that sounds like God. See, because just because something sounds good, something sounds spiritual, something sounds like it's from the Lord, doesn't mean it's from the Lord. And you have to know the difference. You have to know the difference. See, the world will tell you that all roads lead to heaven. That you just need to find the right road that fits your life and walk that road and be faithful on that road. And to work out your own salvation. You know, you just, you just work out your own salvation. You'll be all right. And see, that sounds good, but that's wrong. That's wrong. First of all, Jesus says in John 14, 6, that I am the way, the truth, and the life, and that no one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus is the only road to victory. Jesus is the only road to salvation. He's the only road to deliverance in your life. He's the only road to freedom in your life. And second of all, you got to have salvation in Christ in order to work salvation out. Praise God. Acts tells us here in a 14, or 4.12 that salvation is found in no one else. For there's no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. See, salvation's only in Christ, guys. And you have to have salvation in Christ before you can even work it out. Philippians says, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you both to will and to do his good pleasure. So see, it's not about me. Just working out my salvation, coming to church and working on my salvation. Pastor, I can't do anything. I can't serve in the church because, you know, I'm just, I'm going to work on my salvation. I'm going to work my salvation out. No, it's not about that. My salvation's complete. It was a finished work on the cross of what Jesus Christ did for me on the cross. I can't add to it. I can't take away from it. It's a finished work of Jesus Christ. But what I can do is I can work out of my life that which Christ has put in my life. I can work out my salvation. I can let people see the joy, the love, the peace, the kindness, the meekness, the tenderness, the mercy of the Lord Jesus Christ being worked out of my life. The gifts and talents that God has put in my life to serve and to help and to encourage, to go out into the parks, to serve in the church, 
church and, and do ministries. I can let people see that in my life as I work that out of my life. I can work the things out, my salvation out before people, that people can glorify God. They can see Christ in my life. See, but the problem is there's too many people who sit on their salvation instead of working it out. And see, salvation's like a muscle. If you don't work it out, it gets weak. And that's why you see so many churches that's not operating in the power or, or the place that God desires for them to be at because there's too many people that go to these churches that are sitting on their salvation instead of working it out. And so then the church lacks in its ability to be able to reach outside these four walls and touch people's lives in the community, in the city, because people that God's put gifts and talents and abilities in their life to use and touch people's lives and, and save people and, and, and encourage them, they're sitting on them instead of using them. In the church, like I said one time, we become Franken church because we're taking body parts from over here and trying to plug them in over here because the person that should be over there is sitting on their gifts and talents and their, and their salvation, so we got to put another person over here. And so we, we, we don't operate in the power that we should be. Because people are sitting on their, their salvation instead of working it out of their life. And church, you need to get in God's word and get a personal word from the Lord for your life. Lord, speak to me from your word. Lord, give me some direction. Show me how to work my salvation out. Lord, show me your plan and your purpose for my life. Father, speak to me. Give me a fresh word, a fresh rhema word, a, a revelation, Father, what you want for me and my, your purpose and plan for me to help out in this, this church. And this body, and for, and for your body, Lord, give me a fresh word from you today, Lord. See, church, we have to step up and step out and work out our salvation. And not sit on it, but step up and step out, praise God. Work it out. Because the only thing that's on account when you stand before the Lord is what you did with your salvation. Amen. What you did for the Lord. doesn't matter if you were a doctor, you are a lawyer, you're an astronaut. God's going to be all, what did you do for my people? What did you do to further my kingdom? What did you do to help people that were in need, that, were, that, were, that needed to know Christ? You've got to step up and step out, guys. Get a personal word from the Lord for your life. See, too many people get too lazy to dig into God's word to get direction for their life. They get too lazy. The worship team wants to come on back up. 2 Timothy 3.16 says, All scripture is given by inspiration of God. And it's profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instructions in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete and thoroughly equipped for every good work. See, it's for our, it's for our good, guys. It's for our help. It's for our direction. God's got a personal word for you today. He's got a personal word for you tomorrow. He's got a personal word for you each and every day of the week as you dig into God's word. God's got a personal word for your life. Quit going after prophets and prophecies, guys, especially if you don't get in God's word for yourself. Learn to get in God's word for yourself and let God's word speak to you, church. People are always looking for a word. They're going to the horoscopes. They're going to the, the bad fortune cookies. They're going to the magic eight ball. You know, should I go to work today? Probably, you know, does my wife love me? You know, so, you know sometimes when I do my chores or something, they're always looking for a word. You know, I had some friends in the 90s that would, would go to these ministries that had these prophetic people that would speak prophetically and speak words into their life, and they would go this night to this town, and the next night they'd be in another town, they'd go over there and get another word. Always seeking a word. If you want a word, seek Jesus. Jesus is his word. The Bible says that the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. You want a word, go to God's word. He'll speak to you. It's a living word, praise God. Get in God's word. He's his word. See, if there was a church meeting tonight here in this town where a ministry was going to be speaking in the prophetic, and not that I got anything against that, but people, it would be packed. 
because people just are into that because people are spiritually lazy. They'd rather go to someone and have someone speak a word over their life instead of digging into God's written word for themselves. And it's because it's not easy, guys, to fast and pray and to dig into God's word and say, God, speak to me. Speak to my life, Lord. Show me revelation for my life, direction for my life, what you have for me, Lord, that I don't have to go off of someone else's word, someone else's witness, someone else's testimony. I have my own word, Lord, because you speak to me. Speak to me, Lord. See, but it's much easier to go and have someone else give you a word. But you better hope that person's got a word from the Lord and not a word from themselves. Get into God's word. Get a word. See, a wordless believer is a hearing impaired believer, guys. If you want constant hearing in your life, you're going to have that constant reading in your life because God speaks through his word. Maybe some of you are here today and you're going through a silent season in your life because maybe you won't get into God's written word. See, God's still speaking through his word. It's the main way God speaks to his church today is through his word. If you took the, if God never spoke another word today and we just had his word, his word has enough for your life, how to live, how to pray, how to serve, who to marry, how to give, how to worship. It's all in his word, but you got to get in his word and let it speak to you. It's a living word and it's speaking every day to your life. If you'll get in and say, Lord, reveal yourself to me. Speak to me today, Lord. God's got a word for you today, church. He's got a word for you. Have you heard him today? Have you got a personal word from the Lord? See, if you, you'll struggle to hear God's voice if you never get into his word. Because he desires to speak to you and he speaks through his word. I'm going to have the prayer team come up this morning. And maybe you're here today and you're struggling to hear God's voice. Maybe you've been in a dry season, a quiet season in your life where it seems like you can't hear God's voice. And sometimes, guys, it's because we're so tuned into the volume of the world, you can't hear the small, the small still voice of the Lord speaking. You've got to turn down the volume of the world so you can hear God's voice speak to you. He's not going to compete with the things of the world. He desires to have fellowship and relationship with you. And he doesn't, he doesn't want you to be in a place where you're just quiet. He wants to speak. He says, I know the plans and the purpose that I have for you. And he wants to share those plans and purpose with your life. But you've got to put yourself in a place where you can hear his voice when he speaks to you. And maybe you're here today and you're, you're one of those persons that's standing in the gap for a loved one, for your marriage, for your children. And maybe you feel like because you haven't seen any results yet that, that God's forgotten about you. I want to tell you, God hasn't forgot about you. If God's given you a word, he'll keep that word. And we want to pray with you this morning, encourage you that your faith will rise and you can stand in Jesus, praise the Lord. And maybe you're here today, guys, and you feel like spiritually you've just been crippled and lame and, and the enemy's been walking on you. We want to encourage you this morning that you can rise up in Jesus' name, that God's called you to be an overcomer, that you don't have to be beat up by the enemy. God's got a personal word for your life. If you're willing to step out and say, Lord, here I am. Speak to me this morning. Lord wants to show you things. He wants to reveal himself to you. He has a personal word for your life that you don't have to go off someone else's witness, someone else's testimony. He's got a personal word for your life. And if you're here today and you need a touch in your body, your marriage, for your family, come on up, man. We want to just pray for you and love on you. And let God speak to you. Let God speak to you this morning, church. Take advantage of the opportunity just to worship the Lord. Say, here I am, Lord. Speak to me, Lord. Here I am, Lord. Praise the Lord.